Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm ready! Alrighty then. What is up, my millennial fam? Giacomo Delay here with another installment of Believe in Millennial Nostalgia. Now, no matter what age range you are, like if you're listening to this and you're a millennial, or if you're listening to this and you're a baby boomer, or you're Gen Y, or you're you're one of those generations, I, I can't even keep up with all of them. Uh, one thing has remained a constant, at least since you know the late 1950s, and that's the presence of Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo and many of its different iterations has been on the air for decades. The original series, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, premiered on CBS Saturday morning on September 13th, 1969. And just last week, Warner Brothers Pictures released the new motion picture, Scoob, directly to video on-demand services. <laughs> Maybe it's time we made our new movie. Good idea, Scoob. I'm Fred. This is Velma. Hi. And that's Daphne. Hey. I'm Shaggy. And this is Scooby-Doo. Nice to meet you. It was originally supposed to get a theatrical release, but with all the theaters shut down right now, video on demand was probably the best way to go with this particular film. Now, speaking for fellow millennials, you probably grew up watching Scooby-Doo at least one point or another, whether it be uh, Scooby-Doo Where Are You or the one that came out kind of in the 2000s era after the uh, live action movie or What's New Scooby-Doo. No matter what age you are, Scooby-Doo is like an immortal character. Scooby-Doo is here now and will we'll probably be here forever. So wanting to take a stroll down the old nostalgia lane, I ordered the movie Scoob uh, on video on demand and I watched it this weekend. So this is kind of like a little bit of a review. I know I like to talk a lot of things that are nostalgic, movies that came out in the 90s and early 2000s, but I'm going to make an exception this week just because the character of Scooby-Doo is so iconic for all generations, including millennials, I'd be remiss not to talk about this movie. Uh, don't worry, I'm not gonna go into super duper spoilers. If there's one thing in this world that I personally cannot stand is a person who just spouts out spoilers without a spoiler alert. That's just rude, don't do that. So I'm just letting you all know, if you haven't been able to buy the movie on video on demand and watch it, I'm not going to give out any like specific details about the plot of the movie. I just want to tell you my thoughts on it and how it kind of connects to the Scooby-Doo that we grew up with. So the beginning of the movie is almost exactly classic Scooby-Doo. It's everything that you would want, minus eh, the pop culture references and the jokes that are in the beginning of the movie continue throughout it and... I, I, I thought we were past this. I thought we were done. Shrek was like the gold standard of having modern day jokes 
and references in an animated movie. And it was fine because that was like a satirical fairy tale. Um, th there was a lot of other movies, the DreamWorks brand and Illumination. They do that a lot. And Scoob is like the first movie in a really long time that has a lot of these references and jokes that are going to be dated within a couple of months. So I'll just get that out of the way. That's one of the main things that I couldn't really get into with this film. A lot of the jokes, I would say 90% of them just didn't land for me. And it's mainly because they are just pop culture references. There, there's really no punchline other than, oh, I know what that is. Oh, they made a, a reference to Tinder or they made a reference to American Idol. Those are popular things, so I should laugh at it. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that kind of humor, uh, especially when it's coming from the brand of Hanna-Barbera. Now, Hanna-Barbera was a pioneer in animation. Their cartoons were everywhere, uh, way back in the 50s, all the way down to our millennial era. Shows like Dexter's Laboratory and Johnny Bravo carried that Hanna-Barbera stamp, and a lot of their jokes were, were mainly based on slapstick and wordplay. And that's something that we don't really get a lot in this Scooby-Doo movie. And the other thing that we don't get a lot in this Scooby-Doo movie is, well, a Scooby-Doo movie. Um, the first, I would say, 15 minutes of the film plays out as like kind of this origin story of how the Mystery Inc. gang got together. It, it follows the formula. It follows them going into a haunted house and trying to solve this mystery. And that's where the nostalgic feels came from. They even do a, a nearly shot-for-shot shot remake of the original opening number. And, and for me, that was like, yes, that is what I wanted. That is the, the sentimental, nostalgic, uh, heart-tugging feeling that I wanted out of this movie. Sadly, that only lasts for, again, that first 15 minutes. From there on, it's no longer a Scooby-Doo movie, but rather a movie that just so happens to have Scooby-Doo in it. And, and what do I mean by that? The, the, the whole plot of the film seems like the filmmakers are trying to create this shared cinematic universe with Hanna-Barbera characters. Something like The Avengers, but with Scooby-Doo. And, and that's not... A terrible concept. Now, if you remember um, watching old reruns on Boomerang, there there were some cartoons where Scooby-Doo would interact with other Hanna-Barbera characters like Yogi Bear and Dick Dastardly and the Blue Falcon. So this isn't new. This isn't a new concept. Hanna-Barbera was one of the earliest ones to start this trend with characters from different properties interacting with each other. The, the thing that I don't like about modern day cinematic universes with you know with the exception of marvel marvel has set up all of their interactions between their characters very meticulously every character well at least most of them either get their own movie or their own franchise to shine and flesh out their characters before they're thrown in with everyone else because once once you're in it all together and you have five or six main characters, it's hard to give them enough character growth and screen time to really do their characters properly and to, to, to do them justice. That's the issue that I had with Scoob. So yes, you could argue that all Scooby-Doo movies are the same. They all follow that formula of 
the 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 kids going on a mystery, thinking it's a monster and revealing that it's like just some old dude in a mask. But we haven't seen it done with these iterations of the characters. And I think that's one of the biggest downfalls of the movie is the the filmmakers take for granted the fact that you know what Scooby-Doo is. And that would be fine if they weren't throwing in all these other kind of second and third tier Hanna-Barbera characters into the fold. The main villain of the movie isn't one of those like old men in the mask like I was talking about. It's actually Dick Dastardly, who was the main antagonist of Wacky Races, which was an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon from around the same time Scooby-Doo was out. And I don't have a problem with them throwing in those characters. Again, Dick Dastardly in this movie is the best character. He's very charismatic. He's got a very strong screen presence. His voice actor, Jason Isaacs, uh, really does the role justice. Now, again, he was a lot goofier in Wacky Races. I'm okay with them changing up the characters. The thing that I'm not that okay with is not allowing us to kind of soak in that they've changed the characters. Case in point, the Blue Falcon, which is another Hanna-Barbera character, gets almost fleshed out backstory, but we don't actually get to see it. It's only explained in like two or three lines of exposition. Now, had we gotten a Scooby-Doo movie, maybe a Wacky Races movie with Dick Dastardly, and a Blue Falcon film uh, explaining that whole backstory, before we got this movie, then, then I would probably be a little more forgiving towards it. I actually read an interview saying that the filmmakers wanted to throw even more Hanna-Barbera characters into this movie. And I'm so glad they didn't because I feel like it's already too jam-packed with them. And there's some Easter eggs during the end credits that will show you like which characters they thought were going to be thrown in. So just keep, an, keep a nice eagle eye out for that. Pretty much the plot of the film is that Dick Dastardly is after Scooby-Doo for his own nefarious plot. And again, I won't go into detail about what that is because that in itself is kind of like, what the hell? I didn't know I was getting myself into this watching a Scooby-Doo movie. It's so anti-Scooby-Doo. I don't even get why they decided to make a Scooby-Doo movie in the first place. I love the characters, especially the relationship between Shaggy and Scooby. That's always been the one constant in every version of Scooby-Doo. And I will admit, like, they do keep that pretty close in this film that is the one emotional kind of underlying thing in the film is the relationship between Shaggy and Scoob and some of the other characters with other dogs with Dick Dastardly's relationship with his dog Muttley and Blue Falcon with the relationship with his dog uh, Dino Mutt so thematically the whole man's best friend thing is is prevalent throughout the film. I, I actually really think that is one of the aspects of Scoob that really works. But it's like I said, we know that relationship between Shaggy and Scooby because there's been so many Scooby-Doo shows and movies, but I wouldn't expect a kid that didn't grow up with the other characters to know their relations. And the film doesn't really do a good job of like fleshing that out as much as solo movies would have done on their own. So the film really just plays out like a Marvel film starring Scooby-Doo. It, it really did kind of remind me of the Avengers, but there's so many like sci-fi-ish 
action sequences in this. And don't get me wrong, they're animated just fine. The animation in this is pretty good, but it all comes down to the story. And it doesn't allow the relationships for the other Mystery Inc. gang to really flesh out. Fred, Valma, and Daphne are reduced to just kind of a side plot where their characters aren't really given much to do. And granted, in Scooby-Doo, yeah, their characters have almost always been kind of that one-dimensional. And I say almost always because I'm going to bring up an example in a bit um, that proves otherwise. The voice acting is hit and miss. Uh, like I said before, Jason Isaacs, who plays Dick Dastardly in this movie, was my favorite kind of change to the character. I really liked his take on Dick Dastardly. Join me, Scooby-Doo, and I will show you how to harness your destiny and become the most important dog in the world. No thanks, Dastardly. Oh, please. My friends call me Dick. Okay. Rick? No, I'm not a Rick. I'm a dick with a D. Rick with a D. Everyone else, though, it, it's very off-putting at times, um, especially with the main Mystery Inc. crew. Um, Shaggy is now voiced by Will Forte. Fred is voiced by Zac Efron. Daphne is voiced by Amanda Seyfried. And Velma is voiced by Gina Rodriguez. By using his mother's account. <gasps> that is not fair for the rest of us who have to pay for Netflix. You have to pay for Netflix? They're all perfectly fine, but there's nothing about their performances that really gave me a nostalgic feeling for the original voice actors. Now, over the years, of course, Scooby-Doo voice actors have changed, but they've always kept that feeling, that essence of the original characters, how they were originally interpreted. And I would be okay with a new interpretation of these characters. I like what they did with Dick Dastardly in this. I even like what they did with Blue Falcon. But when it came to the original Mystery Inc. gang, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a combination of both the voice acting and the writing. For me, it just didn't exactly line up to give me that nostalgic feel that I wanted. They were pretty much just there to spout exposition and go on this journey in a, like a side plot because, you know, they're part of the original Scooby team. But I do love the presence of Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo. Frank Welker has been with the Scooby-Doo franchise since day one. He's been the voice of Fred in just about every single iteration of Scooby-Doo since then. And he's also done the voice of Scooby in a couple projects as well. Um, so you could feel, especially in the film's like more quote-unquote emotional moments that he is giving it his all. He knows this character. He has lived and breathed Scooby-Doo for most of his career. And that's the thing that's missing from everyone else, that they are just a part of this movie um, that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of animated films nowadays just feel the need to put in celebrities, even if the celebrities' voices don't exactly line up with the character. And that is most detrimental when you have characters who already have history, uh, especially the Mystery Inc. gang. Matthew Lillard played Shaggy in the live-action Scooby-Doo movies and then went on to voice Shaggy in pretty much every Scooby-Doo TV show and movie uh, since Mystery Incorporated, which was a show that came out in 2010. And he has been very vocal about 
how disappointed he is that Warner Brothers decided to go this route with the voice acting rather than keeping the current, you know, voice cast that they always go to. Um, and, and I could totally see why. Maybe a kid who hasn't grown up with Scooby-Doo very much, and maybe this is one of their earliest, you know, introductions to the characters, they're not going to mind, okay? Like, for family viewing and audiences, this film is perfectly average. Um, but for someone like me, the host of millennial nostalgia, trying to feel some millennial nostalgia. It's really hard when all they're doing is talking about things that are current and the, the characters not lining up with what I remembered. And, and I'll reiterate this. I am a fan of when someone can take an existing property and do something new with it. And you might say, well, well Scooby-Doo's the same. You, cannot, you can't do anything new with Scooby-Doo. Uh, false. There is a show that I just mentioned, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. This was a show that came out on Cartoon Network back in 2010. It was like a serialized version of Scooby-Doo. The characters, they were all, they all sounded the same and looked the same, but their backstories were fleshed out. There were uh, interpersonal relationships between the Mystery Inc. gang that really weren't explored, especially during the earlier days of the series. There was this like overarching story um, that was really like supernatural and paranormal. And I really liked that take on Scooby-Doo. Another one that we grew up with growing up. Uh, Y'all remember the direct-to-video movie Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. It's Scooby-Doo, Shaggy, and the gang in an all-new feature-length animated movie. Ghost pirates, ghost soldiers, what's next? Zombies? This time, it's no bad guy in a mask. This is the ultimate scary showdown. If they want haunted, they come to the right place. Featuring a soundtrack so hot, it'll give you goosebumps. And it's This was the first of the mainstream direct-to-video Scooby-Doo movies. Now, you go to Walmart any day, you'll see Scooby-Doo fill in the entire shelves. Like, sometimes it could be just like a little annoying. Like, how many Scooby-Doo movies are they going to make? Well, there was a time where they weren't as present as they are now. And, and the first one that really took off was Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. And for me, that is the definitive Scooby-Doo film. What, what that was is it took the characters and put them in a modern setting, but without losing that timeless feel of the original series. Yes, it was the Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. gang existing in the 90s, but they weren't making a bunch of 90s references. They were going on an old-school, old-fashioned Scooby-Doo mystery adventure, but the stakes were raised a bit, and there's a good way that you could do that. Again, in the series, they were always just an old, grumpy man or woman in a mask. In this movie... The, the monsters were real. There was some real stuff going on on this zombie island. And some of the imagery, even as a kid, I was like, damn, this is a Scooby-Doo movie? I'm actually legit scared. Especially there's a scene where they see a zombie and they pretty much decapitate its head, thinking it's a mask. And they're, they're tossing around this, this head of a dead man. And for me, I was like, oh, shit, this is real. And I was just rewatching this movie on Netflix a couple nights ago, and 
yeah, for being a direct-to-video movie, the animation in it is really good. It kind of, like, has that Hanna-Barbera feel to it, but it was animated by a Japanese company, so it's got anime-infused animation as well. And some of the backdrops are really lusciously painted, and the action is a perfect blend of old-school Scooby-Doo slapstick with this real grounded kind of horror movie vibe. For me, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is the pinnacle Scooby-Doo movie. I wish it got a theatrical release. The only other one that got theatrical releases were those two live-action movies, and those those are a whole other animal. The, I would say the new Scooby-Doo movie has more in common with those live-action ones in terms of its sense of humor. Um, but when it comes to telling an actual Scooby-Doo story, the live-action ones really do capture that element a lot better than than Scoob did. So even though it seems like I'm kind of ragging on the new Scooby-Doo movie, there were some things I liked. I grew up watching Boomerang and old Cartoon Network reruns that featured a lot of these Hanna-Barbera characters. So for me, seeing them brought to the screen in this new way was sort of exciting. It was sort of cool. Like there was that part of me that was like looking out for Easter eggs and getting kind of excited. It was like, ooh, I like how that character looks and I like how that character is being portrayed. Um, but then there was also that part of me that's like, oh, I kind of wish this was done a little better. Like the pieces are there, but not fully fleshed out the way I, that I would have liked it. And again, this is my personal opinion. So even though the story was, eh, pretty lame honestly i did enjoy seeing these characters again so for that i can't give the film too much of a bad review but i just know that these characters deserve so much more and i hope that if they continue this hanna barbera cinematic universe with other movies like if they ever do like a flintstones or jetson's film that takes place in the same continuity that you know they they go back to basics i'm all for doing something new but something worked in the beginning for a reason. And if you can't improve upon that, then what's the point? You know, what's the point? So if you're thinking about checking out Scoob, my final review is eh, I give it a C. If you're really looking for like some good nostalgic Scooby-Doo feels, then revisit Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Um, as of now, they still have it on Netflix. Uh, I strongly recommend that one. It's the perfect balance of being modern, but still having the heart of the original series. So thanks for tuning in for the Millennial Nostalgia. I'm your host, Giacomo Delay. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Millennial Nostalgia Podcast. And also follow my friends over at Believe Podcast. They're at Believe Podcast on all of your social media services. If you're looking to promote a product on Millennial Nostalgia, hit up Believe.com click on the advertise tab and get in touch with our advertising team remember we're here every throwback thursday on itunes apple Podcasts, google play spotify stitcher and of course on believe.com i'll catch you back here next throwback thursday have a fantastic week thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.